Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Brittany Wilson of the Dungeon Store. ASB Marketplace is the first platform where you can buy and sell adult sites and domains for free. ASB Marketplace allows buyers and sellers the chance to come together on properties that are valued below our company's minimum of $50,000. Don't pay for other marketplaces when ASB Marketplace gives you this service for free. Visit ASBMarketplace.com and sign up as a seller or a buyer today. And of course, there's ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage where you can earn as much as 20% of our broker commission referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a network of 22 growing affiliate sites. These include adult and affiliate review sites and various top lists. The network has grown in traffic and income over time. This is due to the quality of the network's SEO and other optimization. The network brings in large amounts of signups through pay-per-sale and revenue share programs. There are also many two-tier affiliate signups generating income monthly. The best-paying affiliate program accounts are included in the sale, so the buyer won't have to change all the tracking. The seller will be available to the buyer with some ideas on how to further generate extra revenue that he didn't have a chance to implement himself and to train the new owner on the operation of the sites. Everything is there to get things ready for the new owner to come in and make a lot more money than is currently being made since the current owner has moved on to other ventures. Only $474,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk is Brittany Wilson of the Dungeon Store. Brittany, thanks for being with us today on Adult Side Broker Talk. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, Brittany is a second-generation pleasure products professional, try saying that three times, with a passion for education, knowledge, and creation. Wilson became shipping products for her family business, helping prepare for shows, and became friends with associates in the business, building a foundation of professional relationships for years to come. Craftspeople in the leather community aren't just her peers, but they are close friends and family. When the family brand, Violet Wand Store, rebranded as the Dungeon Store, Wilson took the reins of social media and started new campaigns. When the Dungeon Store acquired Split Peaches Silicone Toys, Wilson took it upon herself to learn how to mix and pour the platinum safe dildos and toys. She would go on to be the face of the business and is often found working the Dungeon Store booth at leather, BDSM, and lifestyle events across the United States. She's a marketing and business professional with dedication above and beyond the 9 to 5 work week. And that's proven by the fact it's 9 p.m. where she is. Now, the Dungeon (laughs) Store is a female-owned and operated pleasure products business, priding itself on a curated collection of BDSM gear and kinky toys, mostly sourced and created by fetish professionals in the United States. Most of the floggers, violent wand uh, accessories, and paddles Um, are made by hand by experienced craftspeople in the BDSM scene. 
And I'm sorry, Brittany, that's all the time we have today. Um, so <laughs> how did the dungeon store get started? The dungeon store got started as Violet Wand store and Violet Wand right. store got started, um, by my mother, actually her uh-huh. and her business partner saw, you know, a market gap. They saw mm-hmm. this like fetish toy that, uh, wasn't getting, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't getting the, the attention and the claim that they felt that it deserved. And, mm-hmm. uh, her business partner had a bit of a background in, electrical understanding and electrical mm-hmm. engineering, which is why we hand make all of our accessories in house. Um, because you do need to have an understanding of electric electricity and how violet ones work and how yeah. a current works to make them safely. Sure. And so they stepped into that market space and it did not take very long for, you know, expansion, expansion happens in business. And so it was Violet Wands, and then it was Violet Wands and floggers, and it was Violet Wands, floggers, and paddles, and Violet Wands, floggers, paddles, and glass toys, and Violet Wands, paddles, floggers, glass toys, and sounds, and medical, <laughs> and now we really just span the spectrum of mild to wild. I like that, mild to wild, um, whoa. Yeah, it's a fun phrase. Uh, but I mean, that that was seven, you know, I've given you 17 years in a soundbite, so... Ah. Very good. That's how we like it. Okay. Um, so, okay. I'm ignorant. Okay. I really don't know anything about the BDSM lifestyle or anything like that. Uh, personally, what is a, uh, what is a violent wand? So I'm going to go ahead and make a small correction. A violet, we saw violet, like the color wand. Yeah, yeah I, I say that and sometimes it comes out violent. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's a common misconception. It's a common mistake. I yeah. only correct it because it makes people more fearful. Yeah. Uh, of, and I am trying to sell a fantasy, not a nightmare. Um, <laughs> violet wands use static electricity to create an arcing spark, which some people find pleasurable in their bedroom activities. I see. Uh, the way it's so it's a it's a service current. You, if you've ever like pulled a muscle in your back, you may have used a tens unit where you put the pads on and there's a mm-hmm. sub uh, muscular current that goes back and forth across the pads, which alleviates like muscle pain, joint pain. Right. A violet wand is a surface current. So it's on top of your skin. It's done far more tactilely. Okay. Um, and it's funny. It gets this reputation as being kind of like an edge play toy. It gets this reputation as being violent and and intense that's probably because people say it wrong (laughs) well and that's and that's why i like to correct people because i am trying to you know we're trying to break stigmas in the year of our lord 2022 we're breaking stigmas um (laughs) but it's mostly a sensation toy of course you can you Mm -hmm. can use it for to light fire wands and for fire play and you can use it for permanent skin brands if you are so inclined and i sell the things to do those things don't get me wrong but you can Mm -hmm. also use it for uh, more intense tickling for sensual massages. You can use hmm. it in so many other ways. It really is one of the most versatile BDSM accoutrement mm-hmm. that, that you can that you can own. Hmm. What what percentage of your businesses is Violet uh, wants? It varies year over year. Um, mm-hmm. I find that it's it's really hit kind of a boom and a bust cycle mm-hmm. um, because. There will come a point at events that we've done for years and years. For the record, we are mostly an events-based business or mm-hmm. were pre-COVID. Now yeah. we're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> events online, wholesale, whatever. But pre-COVID, what could what would happen is it would be a top seller, like an absolute 70% mm-hmm. of the show, 90% of the show even. Mm-hmm. 
mm. would be violet wand sales. But enough years of the same event with that, you hit a saturation point, and then it's the accessories. Sure. And then enough new people show up at that event that it goes back to being 70%, 90%. And it's, it's just kind of this all endless cycle as people continue to get into BDSM, as people continue to be exposed, mm. it's just always going to be, uh, it's, it's always going to be a new thing or a thing mm -hmm. that people are adding to. Got it. Got it. So how did you get involved in the company? Uh, well, I don't know if you've ever had a parent own a small business, but I swear to no. God, it's like living in uh, the middle ages where people have children to work the farm. So <laughs> I started... <laughs> I started some doing... farm. <laughs> yeah, well, well, better. It's better than tilling the land. I got to tell you. Indeed. I indeed. Was packing yeah. boxes over tilling yeah. the earth. Uh, no kidding. Uh, so, so when I was uh, of the age of consent and majority, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for legal reasons, I would help with the back office stuff. I helped with inventory mm -hmm. reconciliation on like uh, orders that she that my mother received. I helped pack mm -hmm. shows. I helped load shows into cars to be driven or uh, pack the boxes to be shipped. I helped mm -hmm. unload all of those things. I, like I'd started with back office stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Manual labor, in other words. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the thing of it is you do enough of the like, I called it bitch work, but sure, we can say manual labor. <laughs> Of course, um, we could say we could say anything we want on this podcast by right, for as good, long as good, we good. want it. I, just I to let it, you know, I called it the bitch work. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Uh, and you do bitch work long enough. I wanted to go to events. I wanted to go do the fun part because I'm mm -hmm. doing the grueling stuff. I want to sure. go like play dress up and talk to strangers <laughs> and do the fun stuff. And yep. so once I was of the age where that is acceptable, you know, uh, and not a lawsuit, <laughs> I did. <laughs> And I fell in love with it entirely. I, I love what I do. I'm, I think I'm very fortunate that I got to fall in love with my job yeah. at 18 years old. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I can hear the passion. I can definitely hear the passion. Uh, talk about the evolution. And you would know about this because your mom was in the business before. Talk about the evolution of the pleasure products industry as it relates to BDSM products. Well, it's, it's pretty funny because... This has been a really interesting time, uh, starting, I would say, 10 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, because for a really long time, the BDSM world existed on the fringes. It was the underground. You couldn't find it with a map. Right. You had to know somebody who knew somebody. Five people had to vouch for you. There was a very extensive vetting process <laughs> because the biggest fear they did the word for it then was being outed, and now we know it as doxing. But it's the same fear right. that your private life will cease to be private. Mm -hmm. And through the rise of acceptance and reducing of stigmas, but also loathe as I am to say this, through the popularity of Fifty Shades of Grey, the mm. <laughs> framework in which we have these conversations has changed. Now. Fifty Shades of Grey created a very interesting kind of uh, uh, circumstance, right? right? Because you had a lot of people who definitely had limited scope interest of getting involved in BDSM, right? but who also had been sold a fantasy and had yep. a lot of interest in buying that fantasy. Now, the fantasy, by the way, is not that you get tied up and fucked. The fantasy is that a rich man steals you away from your problems. You don't have to be having kinky sex to want a rich man to steal you away from your problems. This is true. Like that's not, who, who wouldn't want that? 
But because, you know, those fantasies, it's the same box. Hey, hey, hey I'm, I'm straight and I wouldn't mind myself. So go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, literally, I don't know a single person that if I was like, a rich man will, will steal you away from your problems, would be like, no, I like problems. No, no you fucking don't. Don't lie. <laughs> like, no, you don't. Uh, and there's not a lot of problems that, like, more money could not, at the very least, alleviate the stress of. So, right. yeah. But it, it created this interesting, like, influx of new people who just had so many questions and also so little interest. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> Interesting. And so uh, it, it's it was really the 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 growth of the more vanilla products hmm. being part of the more mainstream conversation. Like, sure, vibrators and dildos have been around literally since the dawn of creation. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got, like, Gwyneth Paltrow making crystal dildos on a Netflix show. Like, you didn't, you weren't going to have that before Fifty Shades of Grey. That wasn't going to be a you thing. You know, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Gwyneth is a joke, except she makes too much money to be a joke. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, she's, la she's laughing at her own jokes all the way to the bank. Her, her that, nice Swiss that, bank accounts laughing that, at the jokes. Ain't that the truth? Uh, yeah, no, literally. So <laughs> it, it's been an interesting evolution because... With an influx of those people, there have been an influx of products for those people. But at the same time, it's created the opportunity for more R&D on the like higher end for right. the pre-existing community. And so mm. it's, it's anytime you have an influx of new people to a community, it's an opportunity for that community. Even sure. if those people are temporary tourists and voyeurs, hmm. it's still an opportunity. So uh, suffice so it's, to it's, say, suffice to say that... Uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey uh, helped your industry. I would say it helped the industry as a whole overall. I would say it had an overall net positive benefit to the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. I that also think sense. it in a in a outside of the spectrum of products for a minute, just the spectrum of of people. Mm -hmm. It really helped start conversations about negotiation and consent outside of the BDSM community, mm -hmm. which yes. is really important. Very. Because we take that very seriously, and it, it's yep. a it's a refreshing change of pace, right? Like I I am a millennial woman. I gotta tell you, <laughs> no one was talking about negotiation and consent when I was in high school taking sex ed. That was yeah. not a conversation that anyone was telling us we're supposed to be having. Yeah, and now true. that's that's part of that's part of sex ed. That's a core fundamental. Is hey, we have to talk about what we're gonna do. We have to make sure that everybody's on the same page. The definition of consent has changed. Yep. The definition yeah, of consent used to be she didn't scream no, and now the definition of consent is enthusiastic verbal affirmation. <laughs> yeah, need, that's a totally needless different. To, <laughs> needless to say, say as a boomer, it wasn't in my sex ed either. Oh, for sure. You, you guys had sex ed because I got to tell you the joke I always oh, yeah. make is our grandmothers learned sex ed from their boyfriend, their husbands, which is why our mothers got it in school, which is why we <laughs> now have to learn BDSM from our friends. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what items uh, does the dungeon store distribute as opposed to selling directly to the consumer? A lot of the stuff we distribute is also available on our website. You just won't find it at events. But the mm. biggest thing I can think of is we have a very robust um, like puppy play line that hmm. is available on our website. It just doesn't get picked up for purchase very often there, but we wholesale it. Um, okay. You called we it, have a few you things. Called, you called it puppy play line? Yeah, a pu puppy play. So a puppy play. This has, this has nothing to do with play? dogs, obviously, right? No, that's bestiality. <laughs> we don't do that. Animals and children cannot give informed consent. 
No, I, 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 I knew that. I knew, I knew the, I knew the answer to that, but it was a good joke. So anyway, sorry. it's a great joke. It's a yes. great joke. Unfortunately, I ha- I did once do an interview with someone who proceeded to then talk about bestiality. So I've oh, got to be really quick. Oh, it was. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would uh, not talk to anyone like that for sure. <laughs> no, no, it, it was not. It was not ideal. But are you familiar with puppy play at all? Do you want me to? Please explain. So puppy play is very popular in the gay community. However, there is nothing that precludes everyone else from participating. And there are puppies, there are pups across the entire spectrum of LGBTQIA and BDSM. Okay. And puppy play is people who feel a strong affinity towards being a dog. And there's different breeds. Um, some identify as a golden retriever. Some identify as Labradors. Some identify as German Shepherds, Great Danes, mm. uh, pugs, corgis, what have you. And okay. you wear a pup. You wear a hood shaped like a dog's head. You hmm. wear a tail, which can either affix to your belt or be part of a butt plug. You have mitts on your uh, front on your hands that turn them into effectively paws. Uh, very often knee pads. And you go into pups, pup headspace, which is like subspace. Hmm. So you're, it's very, you know, you're a dog. You're not in charge. It's a variation of subspace. Interesting. And there's a lot of puppy players have packs. So there's an alpha and a beta and so on and so forth. I hmm. don't know all the Greek letters of pack life. Um, <laughs> I only know my Greek letters for COVID variations. I don't know them for <laughs> personality types. Uh, and it's it's a very it's a it's a fun community honestly I sounds like love it. oh they're oh they're a trip oh they're the best they are yeah. the best sounds and like they have a good time who doesn't love dogs right like they are people I told who are I told dogs. you before the interview I have six and uh, I just saw a picture of you with a dog so there you go we love dogs exactly so people who are like dogs they are they are loving loyal helpful they're ideal they're awesome right fucking love right. Them. right but so we don't we don't sell a lot of pup stuff on the website just because percentage wise it is a, it is a small community uh, mm-hmm. but we sell a lot of it in distribution uh right. we sell more sounds in distribution interestingly enough than we sell on the website or at events uh are okay. you familiar with sounds you're gonna have to educate me on everything okie dokie sounds <laughs> are uh for penis urethral insertion ah okay yeah yes got it how has the market for violent, see, I did the violent again, violet wands evolved? I would say it's grown. It's also, interestingly enough, so it's grown by leaps and bounds. And part mm. of why it has grown in leaps and bounds is because there are two types of violet wands. However, until about uh, 10 to 20 years ago, mm-hmm. there was only one type. Mm. So there was one type. Uh, which has been, which will be called Tesla, electromechanical, wax core, wax capacitor, uh, mm-hmm. traditional, old style, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then 10 to 20 years ago, I'm a little shaky on the exact year just by virtue of uh, being a minor when this happened. <laughs> there, a, a solid state version came on the scene. Okay. And that cut the price uh, somewhere between in half and by two thirds. Wow. So and what's the, you, so I what's mean, the difference between any, these two products? Straight out and out intensity. 
Mm. That being said, there are a lot of solid states on the market. You can get one from Amazon for a hundred dollars, and then you have a hundred dollar thing. Bear in mind, mm. its its counterpart is like six hundred dollars. So this is kind of one of those moments where you get exactly what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and the thing is, yes. Yeah, so the way that their internal mechanisms work is different. Electromechanical mm-hmm. is a mechanical device. It has moving internal parts. It's why right. it has a much higher output. Solid okay. state is in a solid state. I don't know how much you know about computers, but mm-hmm. it's like a solid Limited. state hard drive. So right, okay. Right. I know. I do know that. Yes. <laughs> so I know something. It, I believe. I, I think you know a lot of things, to be honest. <laughs> At the very least, the best place to find dogs in Thailand. Yes. It turns out your front door. Um, exactly. So solid state is in a solid state. It's a much simpler device. Now, mm. it's out and out raw output is less than electromechanical. I will not lie to you about that. Right. That being said, I sell a solid state wand that is powerful enough to light a fire wand or permanently brand someone's skin. Ah. And I don't know what people are doing that is more powerful than that, but mm. I'm not entirely sure I should be uh, helping to facilitate it at a certain point. Uh, you, are, you are correct. You are correct. Well, I'm sure there's lots of terms and conditions on the website. <laughs> you must. <laughs> yes. I'm, sure you, I'm sure you've got wonderful lawyers. How long have solid state wands been around and what should retailers be looking for when buying them for their store? Like I said, they've been around uh, 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little shaky on that. Exactly. Yeah, I want to say yes, it's about, about 15, but that's really just splitting the difference. I would say they got good in the last 12 years. I would mm-hmm. say the first two years, they weren't that good. They weren't worth buying. But in the last 12, I would say they've gotten really good. And I think what you should look for is, first of all, I think that for something like a violet wand, what retailers should look for is that the salesperson knows what they're talking about. Yeah. If they can't tell you what makes their solid state wand different, if they can't quote some some specs, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust that person. And I think that that sure. applies to the sale of all things, not for nothing. Yeah. For solid state, you should look for as a as a retailer, you should be looking for uh, wands that they guarantee what's called the collet size, mm-hmm. which is where the accessories fit into the device. Okay. Because hypothetic, most solid states come with, it's a universal collet. There are a couple that don't have the same collet. If mm-hmm. your collet is out of variation with everybody else's, you're going to have a problem if you try to wholesale, or if you try to distribute other accessories. You're going to end sense. up jammed up on, well, we sell this device and these accessories for this device, but they don't fit this device. Yeah, none of them none of them fit together. Right, right. So here are multiple pieces from uh, different jigsaw puzzles. Best of luck. Yeah, have a, have a nice time doing the puzzle. Right. Will that be cash or card? Like, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> not an ideal circumstance to find yourself in? No, exactly. So that, so, that would be what I would look for. Okay. Now, talking about your, your violet wand, I said it right this time, your violet wand accessories, what makes these different from what would be found online? Well, let's just say at, at Amazon or other stores. And what does spark gapping for safety mean? Oh, I'm so happy you asked about spark. So first of all, before we get into spark, gap, spark gapping for safety, 
Mm -hmm. uh, what makes our accessories different and loathe am I to say better, but if the shoe fits, <laughs> is we have what's called a dual purpose handle, which means okay. that all of our accessories that fit in the wand can also be used outside of the wand with what's called a body contact cable. Hmm. Now, a body What's contact that? cable allow. I was about to tell. I wasn't even going to ask this time. Because <laughs> <A body laughs> you knew uh, I had no idea, didn't you? <laughs> yep, yep. I've gotten, I've, I've gotten the memo. I understand where okay, we're at. Okay, okay, okay. A body contact cable fits in the wand and then attaches to either the top or the bottom, and it allows for skin to skin shocking. Hmm, interesting. Because it electrifies whoever is strapped to the to the wand. Mm -hmm. So it means that everywhere from the tip of your nose to the tips of your toes is conductive, which also Ooh. means anything metal that you pick up and touch will also conduct electricity. Okay. So our dual purpose handles, uh, you can hold in your hand and use that way. Okay. Opposed to just fitting in the wand. Um, and right. how their spark app ties directly into that. You want a spark app for safety to make sure that the grounding is secure to make sure that mm -hmm. the to make sure that there's not going to be errant electricity because okay. surprise errant electricity is dangerous yeah yeah of course of course i do know enough about electricity to know that and i know that you need a ground so how do you how do you get in a situation where there's grounding by virtue of being a service current and so by virtue of being a service grant, the wand is basically self-grounding. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's that's definitely safe. Yes. That's the idea. Because yes. it's because okay. it's a it's all based on complete completion of a circuit. Mm -hmm. So when you are the conductor and you touch something metal and then you use that metal thing to touch someone else, like you've completed the circuit and right. that's how it goes. Okay. Okay. Man, you need an advanced degree in electronics to do your job. Um, <laughs> so how far away should electronics like cell phones, tablets, and computers be from a violet wand when shooting a video? And is this something that's practical for camming or shooting clips? I have definitely known people to shoot clips of violet wands. And I got to tell you, sometimes I think that they did it by sacrificing a virgin goat at the nexus of a full moon. Um, <laughs> in terms like of... In terms of safety for electronics, so long as you don't shock any electronics directly, you're going to be fine. I wear a smartwatch every day of my life that I do my job. Mm -hmm. I could I attach a body contact cable to the same arm that the, that the smartwatch is on. I've never mm -hmm. had a problem. My phone is normally in my pocket or clipped to my skirt. Good. Uh, you want to make sure that you don't shock any electric any electronic device directly. Absolutely. Probably probably period. a really good idea. I will also, oh, real quick, real quick, because we, <laughs> we, we kind of glossed over this, but I do want to give a little safety warning on violet wands. Mm. Um, you cannot use them safely if you have a pacemaker, defibrillator, cochlear implant, or insulin pump. Ah. Because all of those things will have their little computers shorted out Yeah, yeah. yeah. once you get shocked. Yeah, you don't want to have a... Have a pacemaker and have it get shorted out. That's not a good. No, idea. no, you really. I'm don't. not that. I'm not that old yet, so that's a good thing. Um, hey, listen. <laughs> I know you don't have Age to. Age just old. keeps coming. Age yeah, just keeps I know. coming. Well, let's hope. Let's hope, my dear. I just just celebrated 64 in October, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, happy belated! 
Thank you. Yeah, I got a big one coming up in 2022 for sure. We've <laughs> we've noticed uh, you've got quite a bit of rope uh, on your site, and you've focused on rope bondage for shows like Frolicon and Tethered Together. How hard is it to get started with Shibari, and is it something a performer can do solo on cam? How hard is it to get started with Shibari? So long as you have nimble and dexterous fingers, anyone can get into Shibari. And patience. Oh, you have to have patience. You've Counts got to have out. patience. Counts me out, yeah. Uh, you've got to have patience because, but I will say it is that, one count, of that counts most... me out too. Both the fingers and the patience counts me out. <laughs> well, so you're 64. Always... It's okay. I'm sure they were yeah, nimble well... at some point. <laughs> no, and I always tell, I always, <laughs> I always, I always tell people I'm not a doctor. I don't need patience. So anyway, oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. You, you, you have my, you have my permission to use it. Much obliged, sir. Much obliged. So <laughs> Shibari is, it's not hard to get into. Uh, you just need to study is what like it is it is hmm. an art form that requires okay. practice and study as all art forms do as far sure. as doing it alone some of the best shibari i've ever seen is self-suspension and in order to do self-suspension you need to know how to do self-ties mm -hmm. sure you know i so, uh the first the first shoot that i ever witnessed was at kink um and uh Man, that's that's really interesting. The kind of stuff they do there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. They did a uh, they did a live shoot at the at a party way back when when why not had their San Francisco party. We're talking probably I would say it's 15 years or so ago because it's about the time I met my wife because my wife was with me and this poor tight this poor innocent Thai girl is 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 at this uh, event with me. And she had never seen a live shoot either. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure that uh, got her attention for sure. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's how you win her. Well, we know you didn't win her over with your nimble fingers. Well, that damn sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it had to be something. <laughs> I'll accept it. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. What rope do you recommend performers start with? And what books do you recommend for bondage? I recommend that everybody starts with MFP okay. uh, because it ties easy. It's synthetic, so it's great once you hit suspension. It is a very forgiving rope if you mm -hmm. make mistakes while you're learning. Okay. So I, I, I think that everyone should start with things that are forgiving. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as books go... There's the two Naughty Boys books, which are phenomenal. Two Naughty Boys showing you the ropes, two Naughty Boys back on the ropes. Hmm. Uh, and then there's also Lee Harrington's books, Shibari You Can Use and More Shibari You Can Use. I think that those hmm. four books really sum up everything you need to go from an absolute know nothing, it's my first day, how do I tie like a clove hitch, basically, to pr very proficient. Okay. What's a clove hitch? A clove hitch is the type of knot you tie when you're camping. Ah, see, I'm not one. See, I don't know camping either. So I've uh, definitely a Jewish American prince. Um, so <laughs> at least you so, know it. <laughs> so in, in, in event photos, we've seen some items that aren't on the site, like insertable violet wand toys, shibari rings for suspension and wax play candles. Now, how does someone order those items from you online? 
I would strongly recommend that if anyone sees something at an event or in an event-based picture that they want to order and is not on the site, just drop me an email, sales at the dentistore.com. There's always a reason stuff isn't on the site and it has a lot to do with what makes the most sense for some of the small manufacturers we work with. Mm -hmm. And I've got to respect everybody's map agreements and I've, I've got to make it work for everybody. Sure. So... There's always a reason, but I can sell them to you. It'll be a direct invoice. It'll be an email. I'm the same reputable business. I'm the same person, whether it's an email, an order, an event-based sale, what Mm -hmm. have you. Mm -hmm. How long has the company been around, by the way? I want to say 19 years. That's fantastic. That's that's, uh, quite a legacy. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. How involved is your mom in the business today? Still very involved. She definitely runs the finances. (laughs) Uh, excellent she's she's she runs the finances she still does events she still teaches classes on violet wands Mm -hmm. she's very involved she just delegates very well excellent how many people in your team uh probably about 15 Hmm. to various degrees of involvement okay Okay. So tell us a bit about Split Peaches. How did you acquire the company and will it be expanding this year? So as I said, uh, pre-COVID, we were mostly events-based sales and then COVID happened. And I don't know if you uh, saw the news, but there was no such thing as an event of uh, any kind anymore. Mm -hmm. So in an effort to pivot, we looked to expand and uh, platinum silicone dildo company that had pre-existing wholesale contracts and a great online market space seemed like the way to go. Sure. Uh, and so that was, that was how we got there and it will be expanding in 2022. One of the things to look out for on the Swift Peaches site, we're in the process of completely overhauling it and we're going to create a listing for the one-offs. There's of course the dildos that you can always get are our rainbow unicorn horns, our bronze riveters, our silver screw use, always available, same colors. Uh, we offer everything in three different densities, but it's the same color regardless of the density. But we're also going to create a listing for some of the more fun ones, the mm-hmm. one-offs. Hey, what does this color look like in this shape? Oh, hmm. do we like that? Do we not? And so we're going to really expand in that direction. We're going to expand. We should have some new shapes out sometime in 2022, which will be, which I'm really excited about. It should be a really great growth potential for the business. Fabulous. Now, kinkly.com did a nice piece regarding the adjustable strap on harnesses. Tell us a bit about it and if it's available for distribution. It's absolutely available for distribution. Virtually everything is available for distribution, (laughs) I promise. Uh, So the cool thing about this strap on harness, how familiar are you with strap on harnesses? About as uh, familiar as I am with everything else, although I've seen strap-on harnesses used before. Okay. Okay. So most strap-on harnesses have a buckle system. It's like a Mm -hmm. belt, right? So you find the loop that's the closest to the right side or the, you know, and you put it through, you put the peg through the hole and that's as close as you get to the right size. And it very Mm -hmm. often leads to slippage. It leads to poor positioning of both the physical harness in terms Mm. of where the weight is distributed on your hips and also where the actual dildo sits on your body. Right. This harness is designed to, it's everything is two D rings. So it's a hundred percent adjustable. It's designed to fit 
everybody instead of just the bodies where the belt is designed to fit. So every single, both, both thighs around the waist is all a 100% adjustable harness, which makes it a much more comfortable fit. It's made with soft American leather, so it's not as likely to chafe. Mm-hmm. It's got three different rings that are interchangeable for various size girthed dildos. <laughs> it's phenomenally comfortable. Hmm. And the faceplate behind the dildo is actually also interchangeable. So it comes in black, red, blue, purple, yellow, and orange. Very good. Now, you earlier mentioned penis plugs and those things you called sounds. Uh, Tell me a little more about how they're used and are there any risks involved? And are they just for penises as opposed to a female's urethra? So how they're used with a lot of lube and slowly. I hope. Ouch. Yes, yes, yes. And you want to always go slow in graduating sizes because there are sounds that come in size-based kits and you just want to go very slowly as you increase the size. I would think. Yes. Risk factors, so long as everything's sterile and you go slow and you make sure you're being smart with your lubrication, fairly negligible as far as BDSM goes. Okay. Uh, And what was the... I'm sorry, what was the third part of the question? How about, uh, are they just for penises or can women use them? I have known women who, I I have known people with vaginas who have used them. (laughs) Women as opposed to people with vaginas? Okay. I mean, inclusive language. Yeah. I have known people with vaginas who have used them. I generally tend to recommend them for, for use with a penis. Well, but I'm not the king police. That's a, I'm not that's why that's why home. that's why they call them the penis plugs, I think. I, I'm not the, the kink police. I'm not gonna follow you home and make sure you're using everything in the way that I think it should be used. It's your body. Do what oh, come you like on. With it. Honestly, <laughs> we... I have too many other jobs to also be the kink police, and no okay. one likes a narc. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So what products is your company looking to get out there for this year? Right. I think for this year, what we're really looking to do for the dungeon store is grow out what's called what we call our Emporium collection. Okay. Our what's Emporium that? collection is all of the one of a kind, high more high end BDSM products. It's the stuff that hmm. you only see at shows. Okay. It's the one of a kind floggers, the one of a kind paddles. And I think hmm. we're really looking to grow that out on the website so that even if you're not someone who's going to events for whatever reason, be it safety, be it finance, be it timing, scheduling, what have you, you still have the mm-hmm. opportunity to buy those things right. from what I like to think is a trusted supplier from a real business that has real experience in this very real market space. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so Makes perfect sense. Well, hey, Brittany, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk. And I hope we get a chance to do this again real soon. I do too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. My broker tip today is part six of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Here's more information on what to give to a potential buyer. How well has your content been protected from piracy and what steps have you taken to protect your content? Are you using a piracy takedown or monitoring service? These are important facts to know. What promotional tools do you offer to your affiliates? The more tools you offer, the more successful your affiliates will be. What is your traffic breakdown by country? 
Tier 1 countries like the USA, Canada, the UK, Germany, and Australia are the most preferred. Add in anything else that will add value to the sale of your property that you can think of, such as what custom scripts do you use? What content management system software is on your site? Do you use a billing or affiliate software like NATS? What is your retention rate? How you retain your members is of the utmost importance. How many joins and rebuilds do you have per day? Do you buy advertising, and if so, what kind? Can your content make more money in the DVD or VOD markets, or have you already taken advantage of this opportunity? How much did you spend to produce or buy the content that's on your site? What do you believe the content is worth now? What's special or different about your website? How is it unique? Make sure and include a list of all the websites you're selling in addition to any domains that come along with the sale. Is there anything that adds value to the sale? Provide them with any additional information upon request. Before giving a buyer any information, have them sign a non-disclosure agreement. If you use a broker, the NDA will of course be provided for you. Good brokers like, uh, oh, I don't know, adult site broker, have a large resource of potential buyers that are looking for properties just like yours, and they know how to deal with potential buyers. They will also negotiate the terms of the sale, such as the price and any payment terms. Before closing the sale, find a good escrow service to make sure that both the buyer and the seller are protected. We have those resources, of course. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Megan Hussey, the feminist sexpert. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Brittany Wilson of the Dungeon Store. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.